0: Everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Exploit It. I'm Alexis Strowski. And I'm Kevin Daly. And this week we are talking about Valley of the Dolls, 1967, directed by Mark Robson. Gotta get
1: off, gonna get... Now, the motion picture that shows what America's all-time number one bestseller first put into words. Gotta get hold. Gonna get... I wasn't much of a man living with you, Neely, but that's over. I'm straightened out now. With that little whore! That little whore makes me feel nine feet tall. Dolls, the instant turn-on. For instant love. Instant excitement. Ultimate hell. Neely, oh! Starring Barbara Parkins as Anne. Good girl with a million-dollar face and all the bad breaks. She took the green pills. Well, how do you think I feel sneaking out of your apartment at 4 o'clock in the morning? Patty Duke as Neely, who was such a nice kid. And then someone put her name in lights and turned her into a lush. She took the red pills. Sure, I take dolls. I've got to get some sleep. I've got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Sparkle, Neely, sparkle. You know it's bad to take liquor with those pills. They work faster. Have you heard from Jennifer? She wanted to know where she could get an abortion. Sharon Tate is Jennifer. International sex symbol victimized by everyone. She took the blue pills. Go to hell with them. Let them droop. And honey, let's face it. All I know how to do is take off my clothes. Susan Hayward, as Helen Lawson, who had the talent to get to the top. And I'll make it A gut, fingernail and claw fighter who went down swinging. She took the yellow pills. Look, they drummed you right out of Hollywood. So you come crawling back to Broadway. Well, Broadway doesn't go for booze and dope. You get out of my way. I've got a guy waiting for me. That's a switch from the bags you're usually stuck with. At least I never had to marry one. You take that back! Get you... your hands off you... The nation's most startling and hotly discussed bestseller, now on the screen with every shock and sensation intact. You think I could sleep with you here in this house? this wonderful old house and you beside me in that marvelous old four-poster upstairs it's a marriage bed you were thinking of marriage miriam
0: i'm pregnant
1: oh helen come on neely o'hara can't hurt you <laughs> you bet your ass she can't because she isn't going to get the chance No, the old-time bestseller is the motion picture you wanted it to be valley
0: of the dolls based on the novel by jacqueline susan
2: right which based on my reading was a little bit different than the movie but not
0: that different not that different mark robson would also direct peyton place huh very similar to this movie yeah and i actually loved the novel peyton place but i hated the movie
2: did you read the novel for uh, valley of the dolls no,
0: I did not actually have not read The Valley of the Dolls uh, novel.
2: I was going to ask you how you felt about the bo- <laughs> the novel versus the movie in this one. Yeah, but
0: Peyton plays the novel. I've read that like three times. That's one of my favorite books. But the movie sucks. The movie sucks. Well, the book has a lot of really fucking scandalous shit in it for its time. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, there's like a girl get that like, gets raped by her dad and gets pregnant and has to get an abortion and then she kills her dad. Like letterhouse rules. Yeah, you can't have that in a movie in the early '60s. No, that is um, that is certainly a thing. Yep, yeah, but Valley of the Dolls. I think we should specify that dolls are pills.
2: <laughs> yeah, barbituate uh, or whatever you call them, which I'm guess is shortened to Barbies, which is why they get slang to dolls. Oh,
0: I can see that now. I thought yeah, it was I, because it, you take I them had, to sleep.
2: I mean, maybe, but I, it's referring to uh, a barbituate. Yeah. The downers Which would be Barbie, right? Like if you shortened it to Barbie, and that would make a doll. Like I, I mean, I don't know for sure that's about the game, but it seems like that would be a reasonable etymology of that word.
0: That makes a lot more sense because I was thinking like you, you take a doll to bed with you.
2: Oh, okay. I mean, that works too. But Barbie to doll, I, I can. see I kind of went down the I went down the kind of the the Cockney rhyming slang sort yeah. of route of referencing things.
0: But Valley of the Dolls it starts with. Um, a voiceover that lasts for fucking ever. Yeah, it kind of does. And um, we get that opening line of "You've got to climb Mount Everest to reach the Valley of the
2: Dolls," which really doesn't fucking make any sense.
0: Yeah, and our narrator is Ann Wells, played by Barbara Parkins, who was in the TV series for
2: Peyton Place. It all comes full circle.
0: Although, ironically, incidentally, you know, spoiler alert: uh, she's talking about like. The increasing high that you need to take with drugs? Yeah. This bitch does drugs one time in the movie.
2: Yeah, that we see, yeah. <laughs> it's implied that she doesn't really touch this stuff. Yeah,
0: and she's talking about it like a lifelong addict.
2: Yeah, I and mean, she obviously has been around people.
0: Yeah, she's been around the characters that do use these drugs. Copious amounts of drugs. But she's leaving her quiet New England town to find success in New York. And I put as a fucking secretary, because it's 1967.
2: Right. It's more like she just wants to get out of small town America and go to the big city. And we get- know, Find herself, that sort of shit.
0: Yeah. Um, I will have more to say a little later about, like, the feminist aspects of this film. Yeah, okay. But you don't really get it here, when she's just- rambling in voiceover and we have like slow motion reenactments of her saying goodbye
2: to her family and stuff oh yeah little did you know that i was saying goodbye to him forever
0: (sighs) yeah but even though spoiler alert she goes home at the end i guess i guess her brother died or something and we never learned that
2: i think it's supposed to be her fiance
0: oh that makes sense
2: because remember she had that fiance that she gets like they're engaged to be engaged she's pinned they're going steady this is 1966, 1967. Yeah. So the, yeah. this is Bye Bye Birdie era. Yeah, I, yeah, pretty much the same because I think Bye Bye Birdie is set in sixty something, late sixties. Birdie's going, yeah, Birdie's going to Vietnam. So yeah,
0: yep, same era. And then we get her on the train as it, as it plays the credits and the opening song, which is just called Theme from Valley of the Dolls. <laughs> like so all much. the other songs in this musical have names, except for this one. Yeah.
2: Of note, the the score was done by John Williams.
0: Yes, John Williams did the score. He didn't write the songs that they sing, though. No, but he did the score. Motherfucking John Williams did the score for this movie. (laughs) Obviously, this was before he hooked up with Spielberg and did his greatest work.
2: Actually, John Williams had a long career even before he started doing movies, because he did, like, Lost in Space the, the oh. tv show that was his work and yeah, he did a ton of tv before i actually had to write a paper i, I it was in middle school eighth grade for my eighth grade honors english because we had to write like a paper about somebody we looked up to and so i wrote a paper about uh, john williams and learned a lot about his <laughs> his background yeah he had a he was a prolific composer even before uh, all of his famous movie stuff oh then yeah, um... he's a hell of a prolific composer but randomly this movie i'm like john fucking williams really like all right
0: then um after the credits when Anne finally arrives in new york we're still stuck in this fucking voiceover and she rambles about like i had this conversation with the cab driver about snow and it was like oh my fucking god because the first half of this movie is boring as shit by the way
2: yeah okay so this movie is competent i think that's the word i use to describe it yeah, you are totally um, competent. It is long; it's over two hours long, and it is paced glacially. Yeah, the pacing, <laughs> but the second half of the movie fucking rocks. Oh yeah, I mean the movie's it, it's it's pretty good. I mean, like I said, it's competent, but it is definitely the pacing needed some work.
0: Yeah, it takes an hour for this movie to find its steam. Yeah, but she she um uh, goes to a check into a a, a apartment. Where we we learn in this never-ending voiceover that no men are allowed. because and She it's, says she doesn't know any. Yeah. Um, this is the, the Puritanism of the, the 60s.
2: Yeah, it's specifically a hotel for women.
0: Yeah. And my note here is that, because she mentions that it's on Madison Avenue. I'm uh-huh. like, that is the Madison Avenue of Mad Men. The show. <laughs> of, oh, is it? Which is set in the 1960s on Madison Avenue. That's funny. And then she's like, and then I went to the job interview at my, this this agency. The agency set me up with my first interview. Still in fucking narration. Not one line of dialogue happens for like ten minutes.
2: Not uh, just strolling around New York.
0: It's cold. Yet yeah. finally, she shows up to an interview at a law office, and I actually like the scene because we get um the lady that like runs the secretary pool. Oh yeah. Who's like, oh, she's pregnant. I don't know who the father is. She's without a husband, and then she's talking about her cat, her fucking
2: cat. Yeah. So, for those of you who do not know, I work in a law office currently. Though I I work from home now for the most part. I've not been in the office in a while, but um, we have we have one of those <laughs> in our office. A pregnant cat or a secretary oh, pool? <laughs> a, uh, a we I I always call it the bullpen. Um. And we have uh, the, our office managers. It is similar to this lady. <laughs> uh. And actually, it's funny, because I'm looking at this law office, and um, I don't remember what my what the law office my dad My dad started working at this law office before he took over the practice in 1970... Shit, four? Three? When he was a law officer. Um. So it probably looked very similar <laughs> to this. Yeah, because... Uh- uh, and I do remember what it was like in the 80s, because I came over there in a kid, it looked, it had the same vibe.
0: She's going to interview, to be a secretary at the law office of Bellamy and Burke, and then we find out there is no Burke. Well, there is, but there isn't. Yeah, like, he doesn't do anything. So it's just Mr. Bellamy is the one lawyer.
2: Yeah, I don't know what the hell... why. Ly- okay, we we meet the... He's the nephew, the the Burke that is currently residing there. And yeah. apparently he's the talk of all of the... All of the legal assistance in the uh, office
0: which we get to him have a, mr lion
2: that lion lionberg yeah they do mention him that all the girls will hang around the water cooler when he's in the office yeah which is right next to his door and um so
0: they interview her and the lawyer bellamy is like she's too good looking I'll just get her broken in, and some insurance salesman will marry her.
2: And that was a concern at the time. That uh, especially f- when uh, women started going into the workplace, a lot of employers did have, and probably still do have, concerns about hiring women just because they're afraid that they're going to invest all this time and energy into them, and all, just, they're just going to leave.
0: Yeah, and um, and she's like, "Oh, I'm I'm not going to get married," and he's like, "You're damn right. Nobody gets married in my office."
2: Well, he's saying you got to work till like midnight. You know, it's Basically, he's like, you can't really have a personal life because you're going to be here all the time.
0: Yeah, and that she has to go with him to meetings because he describes that at these meetings, I'm going to get drunk and forget everything. You will have one glass of sherry and he will remember everything. Right. She, yeah,
2: so, but at least he's honest.
0: And this is the point where I brought up in my notes Betty, Betty Friedan's book, The Feminine Mystique. Yeah. Uh-huh. Published in 1963 and Kind of launched second wave feminism. Yeah. Which was really about gender roles, about how women were being crushed under the gender roles of the time. Because the author, she went to like her 10 year high school reunion and all of her uh, friends were horribly depressed, suicidal housewives. She's like, well, her
2: her first mistake is going to her high school reunion. Yeah, I haven't been to any of mine. Me neither.
0: But the movie does kind of... I wouldn't say it delves into that topic, but it exists in the background.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's... They're not trying to hide this aspect of... It definitely adds some realism, and I think that probably comes from the book. I mean... This is what what being a working woman was like in 1966, so...
0: The character of Anne has a hell of a lot of agency, more so than women of that
2: era would have. She, She did go to, like, an Ivy League school or something, right? Like, she's... She went to rich like and, Vassar and or something. Yeah, she's like rich in intelligence and and, and educated, so she's got a bit of a, a leg up. And so
0: they they bring her on, but her first job is like you take these contracts to Helen Lawson and make sure she signs them. And then the the sec the the, the head secretary is like, "You son of a bitch! That's the worst job you could give to any girl."
2: I mean, if she get, if she can succeed, then you know. Yeah. You're in. It's like a hazing getting hazed. It's it's a
0: trial by fire. Yeah. And we meet Helen Lawson, who's this big like Broadway star. And um and she she's a bitch. Yeah. Um like when Anne hands her the contract, she demands a fountain pen instead of one of those lousy new
2: ballpoints. Yeah, she's pretty horrible.
0: But when she goes to see her, they're rehearsing this show and uh we have Patty Duke as Nellie O'Hara patty duke from well the patty duke show <laughs> yeah
2: she has a famous kid she
0: does if
2: i recall correctly
0: um i i mean i mostly got you that.
2: had a kid, kid with john Aston.
0: oh may have seen, you yes may have seen,
2: you may have seen this guy playing a, i don't know he's got furry feet or some shit <laughs> yes. also he was on a football field in notre dame i don't know oh it's yeah sean Astin. I'm Talking about Sean. yes that is his her kid is sean Aston.
0: yes her kid is sean Aston. at um Patty Duke's real name, by the way, is Anne Marie.
2: Oh, <laughs> my daughter goes by. Yeah. That's really funny. Right on. So yeah,
0: just uh, like uh, my kid. Her parents forced her to change her name for stage because they wanted her to be like Patty McCormick that was from The Bad Seed. Uh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so she's singing some song and um, Anne makes the mistake of telling Helen Lawson that, hey, that girl out there sings pretty good. And Helen's like, oh, she does? Well, we are cutting that song and cutting that child out of the show. The only hit that comes out of a Helen Lawson show is Helen Lawson.
2: Yeah. Uh, This is how she becomes competitive, just by making sure nobody else around her uh, is good. And so she tears up the contracts.
0: And so Anne has to go back and say, hey, showbiz is fucking bullshit. I don't want any
2: part of it. But she doesn't see Mr. Bellamy. She
0: see, me, This is where she
2: meets Lion. Now, it's interesting we bring up the entertainment thing, because earlier when Mr. Bellamy like, yeah, I'm going to get really drunk, that's kind of like part of his job, right? He's schmoozing with all these rich entertainment types and Dude. doing a lot of partying. So it's kind of like he has to. Not that he probably doesn't enjoy it, But it is technically part of the job description. But if you ever
0: watched Mad Men, they had to do that too as advertising executives. They had to schmooze with the clients and get all drunk with the clients.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And so she meets Lion and she gets all flustered because he's hot. (laughs) Yeah. He's uh, charismatic and pretty good looking. And uh, yeah. And she leaves behind her lipstick. And I guess he calls her back because they, Bellamy and Lion drag Anne back to see
2: um, Helen. Well, because Helen says something about him getting it off, uh, Bellamy getting off his ass and doing his job. Yeah.
0: So they, they, they drag her along to watch the firing of Nellie O'Hara, um, to where they can't actually fire her because she has like a a contract for the run of the show. But they can cut her character and just pay her $200 a week to sit in her dressing room.
2: And Bellamy convinces her, oh, you know, you can go out with your dignity and someone will pick you up right away off show. Basically saying, hey, you can find another job if you're not sitting around doing this. Yeah. Which yeah. may or may not have been true. Um, Maybe. I don't know. It about. turns it it turns out to be true, kind of.
0: Yeah. I mean, because like right after Lion helps out Nellie and he gets her a job. At a, at a fucking telethon, which she sings a song, and it's another big musical number. Uh, the song is called It's Impossible.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, one of the nice things about doing this telethon, I mean, in addition to raising money, is helping to discover new talent. I think you're going to love our next performer. Let's have a nice, cordial reception, if you will, lovely Neely O'Hara. Everybody, let's hear it out there.
2: Thank <laughs> you very much. right now if I tried it, I'd never know how
0: G-locking for me far as I know far as I see I'm
1: near, I'd make a mess baby, unless you say so
0: Which I actually kind of liked this song. It's catchy it's upbeat in a like 60s kind of way it feels like a bye-bye birdie song.
2: yeah I mean it's definitely 60s Broadway style. And she fucking owns that song. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, a, you know, she, <laughs> the the Dolathon guy's like, yeah, gotta, stay out there. You're going to make us some more money. <laughs> yeah, keep singing this song. So they all go out to a nightclub,
0: and we get a glance of this actress, Jennifer North, that's played by the late Sharon Tate.
2: Yeah, was not alive very much longer after this movie. Yeah. Because of
0: some rather famous events. Uh, this film was her biggest film, but not her big claim to fame. Her big claim to fame was being murdered by Charles Manson two years later.
2: Yeah, well, specifically his, his, his cultists. His but, cultists, yeah, yeah. Under his instruction. Uh, yeah, it was fucking grisly, and she was pregnant. and Yeah, it's fucking miserable, and it's tough to watch. Actually, it's hard, kind of hard to watch this movie just because you look at her and go, yeah, she had some talent and could have been a pretty big star. Yeah. She was brutally murdered by psychopaths. Jennifer is there
0: with a singer named Tony Pilar, um, who who goes up and he sings a song. This Come Live With Me song, which is just ninety schlock is what I put. Even though they yeah. sing the song again later.
2: It's very much uh it's like, you know, one of those crooner ballads, the kind of shit you would hear like Dean Martin sing or something.
0: Yeah. And Tony is managed by his sister Miriam, who is Apparently, like, controls his whole life. Yep. And um, does not approve of him dating this Jennifer woman.
2: Yeah, she seems like a real bitch for most of the movie until the reveal happens, and it's like, oh, I kind of get it. Well, the fact that it has to be a reveal
0: makes her even more bitchy. The fact that she spends the whole movie hiding what she knows. Yeah. Like, why the fuck did you hide this woman? But, but we'll get to that.
2: Oh, we can talk about that. It is an interesting thing, though. But uh,
0: Lion has gotten Nelly a, a gig here at this club now. And she goes to meet her. She goes home to her boyfriend, Mel, who's like, yeah, with the $150 a week you get from the club, we can really live. You know, so things are looking up for, for Nelly in the, the, the post-getting-fired world.
2: Yeah, because uh, she's been fired and basically with the, the bullshit promise that Bellamy gave. It came true in its own way. Yep. And then
0: we we learn more about Jennifer, because she talks to her mom on the phone. Yeah, her mom's a horrible leech. Yeah, and so she tells her mom, she goes, I know I don't have any talent, and I know all I have is a body, but I am doing my bust exercises. Because she knows the only thing that'll get her work are her tits. Which, that's very important.
2: Yes. Well, that's what she believes that's what she believes yeah that's what she's been drilled into her abused into her by her deadbeat mom but that is her
0: character too though is this absolute belief that she is just a body for the male gaze right and well, that, she was that was forced into her yeah
2: it's actually very sad
0: yep yeah. and then um Anne is out with lion and they're they're just like window shopping at night He's wooing her, and he's like, "You're the most beautiful girl that ever left her lipstick in my office."
2: It seems like a a silly compliment. that he realized there's probably a lot of women who have yeah. left lipstick in his
0: office. Because she's like, "You like women, don't you?" To where my note says, "No fucking shit."
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, if he didn't, he wouldn't be hitting on you.
0: Yeah, and so um, she 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 kind of falls for him because she goes to to her apartment, and she's like. All dreamy about it, and the the big theme plays, that John Williams music swells. So they go to watch Helen Lawson perform a show, and she sings this fucking stupid-ass song about I'll plant my own tree. Oh yeah, it's an awful fucking song. (laughs) Terrible song. Uh, I'm gonna plant it- oh, I wrote down one lyric. It's my yard, so I will try hard to welcome friends I have yet to know. I'm like, what the fuck is this fucking song about? Is it legitimately just about a tree?
2: I have no idea. I mean, there's a lot of fucking terrible musicals out there. I assume these were all real, (laughs) but I have a distaste for musical theater in general.
0: And Lion's like, okay, come on, Anne, we have to wait until 4 a.m. to see the review. What do we do till then? And my note says, IDK, maybe sleep like normal fucking humans do? Or fuck. Yeah, that's what they do. They wander around and flirt and fuck all night. I, I mean,
2: that's the option. They went with option B.
0: That's yeah. wrong with option B. She takes off the, the pin from her, her fiancé in New England. And my note here is just, they fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but then we have fucking weird-ass montage with Nellie. This montage is just Crazy.
2: Well, I think the idea is to show her, like, rapid rise to stardom as she does all of these, like, promotional things. And she starts taking the speed pills to keep going. Yeah. Which which will later lead to her having to take the downers because she can't fucking sleep. Well, we go through just a a lot with Nellie. Just her, like, doing
0: all these auditions and working out and, and all these vocal lessons. She marries Mel in the middle of this montage. And then she's bouncing on a trampoline, and that's when she takes the pills, and her husband's like, oh, hell no. But she takes it anyway. She
2: just shrugs. Because she's such a – she's just – everything is chaotic and is go, go, go. So she's like these uppers, which then again leads to the downers, which are, end up being the real problem. Yeah, because um, little do they know so
0: far. <laughs> yeah. And she becomes successful. And they they introduce her on stage. They're like, Nellie O'Hara, younger than springtime and twice as exciting.
2: I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean?
0: Yeah. And she's like, where's Tony? Well, Tony's out wooing Jennifer. And, like, he really wants to get married to her, but Miriam controls his life. And so they decide to just elope. Which is the correct decision. Yep. That's where they send Miriam a telegram. Miriam, like... It's like, well, they're moving to Los Angeles, and I have the deep secret about Tony that we won't reveal yet. But I have the deep secret. We're going to need a doctor in California.
2: I mean, at this point, Miriam should probably have told Jennifer. Yeah, well, she should have told Tony.
0: Well, I mean, Tony knows. Well, he doesn't, because he acts all surprised when he finds out way later on. Uh, We'll get back to that When we get back to that. Yeah. We're jumping ahead. Meanwhile, (laughs) I— Yeah, I guess Anne's mom dies, and she goes out to the funeral with Lion. Yeah. Anne does not want to get married, because Lion is like, I love you, I love you. And Anne's like, yeah, but when you fall in love, you belong to someone else, and I don't want that. Which, this is actually the big difference from the book that I read. I didn't read the book, but what I read about the differences is Anne's desire for independence is unique to the film hmm. so uh, that i like
2: because it makes the the ending it makes the ending make a lot of sense
0: yeah because Anne is kind of a worthless character throughout except for the fact that she's very independent and makes her own decisions throughout the whole movie
2: she's almost like the narrator of other characters stories around her
0: yeah and she has like
2: she has the story the of neely and the story of Tony and, and, Jennifer. and Jennifer, those are like the, the stories that are actually kind of told around
0: her. Yeah, but she has the agency to, to tell it. But then she's back to work, and um, her lawyer boss has this like guy that's selling beauty products, and he immediately falls in love with Anne, and is like, I want her to be the model for my
2: stuff. He's smart, though, because he's like, you know, I want an unknown. You know, someone's beautiful, but not like a famous. So there'll be he'll be she'll be associated with our products. An everyday girl. And it's like, well, that's brilliant, too, because now you have this unknown that becomes your star. And that is your product. Like, like, just as an example, if you'd use, you know, Neely, like everyone knows who she is. Like, oh, she's just an actress doing this. But you have this, you know, kind of out of nowhere. You never seen her before, but super pretty girl. It's like, oh. That's the girl who does the cosmetics. Yep. Ooh, um, money. Bellamy has a line because he's like, "I want
0: her to be my girl," and Bellamy says, "That's not a girl. That's my secretary." <laughs> I'm like, goddamn disgusting sixties gender bullshit.
2: It was a weird line because I'm like, I'm not sure how to interpret this. Is he being demeaning, or is she saying that that she's off limits, that she's above above being simply a girl? I don't know what he's trying to say with this. And we get a montage of Anne as a model. But he ultimately, yeah, she ultimately goes with him. And Bellamy's like, fine, but I want, <laughs> I want to, <that. laughs> I want to be involved with the contract. And, Basically, uh, fine. You, I can be, you can be my client instead
0: of my secretary. <laughs> and. The montage actually serves as a good time jump, because when the montage wraps up, the television is like celebrating the second anniversary of the Jillian girl. So we know that it's been two years later.
2: Yeah, it's been a while. Oh yeah, we didn't mention uh, Lion left for England to go write his novel. Oh yes, I didn't even note that. Because it is is relevant to the upcoming scene. Because she starts
0: dating the dude that runs the, the beauty product company. But not really that serious, because she fucks off about him real quick she does not marry him but we get and also when they get that like two years later we get it through jennifer's point of view
2: and jennifer is now married to tony and has become just a housewife i guess right and miriam
0: controls jennifer's
2: career now too right miriam is living with them and is basically their combined manager yep and we learned that uh that neely o'hara has won a grammy
0: award and somebody has a line about neely's voice where they go because of the warm plush notes that emerge from your sweet throat and i put that sounds fucking gross
2: i know there's some people had some weird ways of complimenting each other in 1966
0: yeah and so she's off to hollywood now to star in movies and all of our characters are out in california now and then uh tony gets dropped by the studio I, I, he's in westerns right yeah he's in westerns and miriam is like you should never have done the goddamn westerns
2: and let's see here, what happens next? Uh, uh, Jennifer suggests Tony go back to doing, you know, the nightclub circuit. Yeah, she but... doesn't want to do. And I'm like, yeah, but also it pays the bills, and you can try to find work in the meantime.
0: Oh, Lion happens to run into Anne at a restaurant. Oh, yeah. And is like, did you read my book? I dedicated it to you. And he's, she's like, oh no, I didn't. And he, he's offended. And I'm like, well, you did
2: dump her ass. I wrote a letter. <laughs> yeah. he like, he, he uh, left a letter and dumped her to go back to England.
0: We have the scene where Jennifer goes to Neely's husband, Mel, to try and get a role for Tony. This is the moment where the movie goes off the fucking rails, is this scene.
2: Yeah, it it, it pivots pretty hard in a predictable but sharp way. Again, there's some pacing issues. With
0: that. Uh, Neely's not there, because she's off with the, the costume designer. Ted Casablancas, who is gay, apparently. Allegedly. Allegedly. I have the line here from Mel, where he says, Only in Hollywood do dames faint when some queer deans to design their clothes. And I was like,
2: what the fuck? I mean...
0: Everybody does that now. (laughs) And my angry note there is, all caps, fuck you, Mel. I hope that Neely cheats on you with this queer designer.
2: Well, you got your (laughs) way. I
0: got my way. Because Nelly shows up and she is high as shit. She's on all kinds of drugs and Mel ain't happy about it. She's just bitching about everything and she's, she's all drugged and they keep talking about her spending too much time with the costume designer and calling him
2: up. A fag. Meanwhile, Jennifer's like, "Okay, I'm I'm <laughs> going to leave now. You guys have a great day."
0: Yeah, because they're they're just at each other's throat, and then a uh, Anne goes, "Ted Casablanca, not not Anne Neely." Shouts, "Ted Casablanca is not a fag, and I'm the woman who can prove it." And that that's the line where the movie just now. This is a different fucking movie.
2: Yeah, you see. Yeah, I mean, we finally see Neely in her full. I've been doing too much drugs and have delusions of grandeur glory.
0: Yeah. And um, Mel is just like, I'm out. i he, out. And he fucks off out of the movie. Which is the correct decision. And then Neely is now getting married to Casablanca and she is bitchy. Um, it, yeah, that's her state of mind throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, is, she is just this drugged out alcoholic bitch. And Jennifer is out with Tony and Tony sp- Suddenly, he can no longer walk.
2: Yeah, they're trying to catch up with Neely to ask for a job, and Neely's like, "Oh, he's just going to ask me for a job. Let's bail before you know he gets to us." Yeah, and Tony just stumbles down the stairs, and
0: now he's he's no longer able to walk, and that's when Miriam has to reveal that he has Huntington's chorea, which is a rare neurodegenerative genetic disorder. That it's it's he's just going to be paralyzed and eventually get dementia and become a vegetable that there's no cure there's no treatment he's just he's going to slowly rot away and die
2: which to my understanding that is actually
0: still the case today and jennifer is like well i need to make money to support him so
2: porn it is Yeah, Well, nudie cuties, as it were.
0: Yeah, it's the late 60s. We didn't have hardcore pornography, but we had the nudie cutie movies.
2: Which uh, the director of the film that we're going to talk about, her bonus episode, was somewhat famous for doing. Yes! Yeah, because she meets the director
0: who does all these, these French skin flicks.
2: He He's creepy porn director. But 1960s version before creepy porn directors realize they can actually just do creepy porn. And um, he wants her because she has breasts. You know, he's
0: like, the, the French girls are all flat in the bosom. And I, I want to the big breasts for my movies. So she goes off to do these skin flicks and moves to France.
2: It is interesting because I think that was the style at the time in general, right? Like uh, smaller chests were in vogue in the late 60s yes but uh wasn't that wasn't that like the twiggy era where that was like a hotness
0: yeah but also the 70s also started um this era with the the huge giant tits where you had women like chesty morgan in the
2: 70s it's weird it's all cyclical right
0: yeah this is like right on the borderline oh yeah because yeah. small tits are the vogue again yeah it's that's all cyclical and then we have nelly on the set of Sun film just fucking freaking out from all of her drugs and be- uh, booze. The whole cast and crew hate her. And she tries to talk to Anne, but Anne ain't having none of her shit. And that's where she's like, I take dolls. Liquor just makes them work faster.
2: Yeah, Anne's like, don't take that with the alcohol. It's bad to take those with the alcohol. She's like, it makes them work faster. <laughs> like, okay then. Okay. And um, in the middle of this,
0: there's just a note I have here of, Jennifer had an abortion.
2: Yeah, so she gets pregnant. With, she's pregnant with Tony's kid. Yeah, but learns pretty much right along the same time. He learns that she ha- he has that disease, and she's gonna and have uh, to do these skin flicks. Well, and it's genetic, so she doesn't really want to pass it on to the kid. And abortions were not legal in this era. No, not even in California.
0: Yeah, well, she's in France.
2: Well, I think yeah. And This is right before she moves to France, though. Right. And I have no idea what, what it was like in France. I doubt it was legal in France either at the time. But, um, but I actually have no idea.
0: And I have my note here with Neely. You know, she's with Ted. She's self-destructive. She's taking all these drugs. She has turned into a fucking every worst nightmare of Hollywood. <laughs> and this is what happens
2: when you take small town girls or guys and put them in a whirlwind of success. They're most people just not capable of handling it
0: she goes home just completely fucking sauced and she strips down to her underwear like looking for ted because she she's like i need a man i need to fuck
2: yeah. she had she said she hadn't fucked in like months yeah cuz she's too busy and if she's not she's to the drunk or high
0: and um ted is uh in the pool with this woman, it's like, she won't wake up? Oh, no, no. By this time, she's so full of pills and booze, nothing could wake her. And she walks out and sees them, and Nellie just, just you know, goes on a rampage. She starts pouring liquor into the pool, like, I have to disinfect it because of that whore. And, you know, so Ted Ted leaves her now. For, good. again, the correct decision.
2: And Lion is like, hey, you should
0: go to rehab, girl. <laughs>
2: Well, they're sticking her in a sanitarium because the idea of rehab doesn't really exist in 1966. Yeah. So she's getting the heavy detox here. And she's like, okay, I'll go.
0: But then she says, nope, and fucks off right to San Francisco. right? Where she is just getting shit-faced at a bar. And she puts her music on the jukebox. It's the song that she was singing way earlier in the film. And... She's trying to tell everybody, that's me, I'm Nellie fucking O'Hara. And they're like, no, you're not, that girl on the jukebox sounds good, and you sound like a fucking frog. And they kick her out of the
2: bar. Yeah, because she wants to, like, brawl with these dudes.
0: Yeah. And so she's just wandering around San Francisco, just fucking drunk. She sees she's, the theater yeah. showing
2: Jennifer's movies. Yeah, she sees some posters for, for Jennifer, Jennifer's new Cutie, and she's like, Oh, Jennifer, you silly girl. She's like <laughs> laughing at it. Yeah, point. she's in a movie called... <laughs> oh, you... <laughs> in
0: a movie called topless a yeah oh yeah that's when nelly has the line of boobies 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 who needs them i did great without them. and then we smash cut to her waking up hung over in some motel bed with a guy and she's like who the fuck are you and he just beats the shit out of her um and then she overdoses and wakes up in the hospital and lion and Ann are like okay you have to go to rehab
1: they tried to make me go to rehab i said no 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 To
0: make me go to rehab yeah <laughs> she's like i need a doll i need a doll but no, they're they're sending her ass to rehab no 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 uh meanwhile we get jennifer again who she wants to go back to see tony and her manager is like, why? Why? He's a vegetable. What use is that, man? So she kind of has to sleep with her boss to get out of her contract. Yeah. Yep. Um. Then we get Neely's rehab experience, her, her her time in the sanitarium, which it's told in flashback because Lion and Ann come to visit her and she's like, let me tell you about my, my rehab experience. And she is clean at this point. She is. Speaking of which, I watched John Mulaney's most recent stand up. Oh, yeah? Where he goes through his intervention and rehab experience. That's basically the the bulk of his stand-up. It's not like Neely's. Neely's is totally criminal and no longer how we treat anybody in it, this kind of institution. No,
2: that's uh, probably accurate for the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it is, because uh, Ken Kesey talks about it in yeah, One it's... Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, I read that book. The The you hydrotherapy know- that she goes through. You know, I have not actually seen that movie, but I've read the book. Oh, and we won't be doing the movie. That's definitely not an exploitation film.
2: Because that's actually good. And, yeah. Like, has a message. And,
0: <laughs> and so um, what they do with Neely is they, they force her to strip naked. And then they put her in this, like, boiling tub and strap her in and put this, like, canvas on her so she's trapped in this bathtub. And she's freaking out. She's screaming all kinds of shit at the nurse. And trying to get out.
2: Your mother sucks cocks in hell? Yeah.
0: Like, she's possessed. Which, kind of, that's how people going through rehab are. But they're also normally not forced into this fucking tub therapy.
2: Man, barbiturate withdrawals must be pretty nasty. Well,
0: it's kind of the same as opiates.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Man, that's gotta be rough.
0: And, um, so they, uh... She learns that Tony is also in the same sanitarium. And and she lures him out by singing his song. and, And... and he comes to life for a minute to sing the song, and then he's a vegetable again, and he is
2: doesn't that uh isn't that what um uh, they say like with Alzheimer's patients that music is one of the things that can actually like they'll remember that's like so deeply ingrained in the brain that oh yes, very much so, so again, actually an accurate
0: thing that could have hap- that could happen, yeah, but not like we get follow up This is Tony's last scene, yeah, because Jennifer she comes home to breast cancer. And they have to do a, a mastectomy. And she's like, how am I going to keep a job if I lose my tits? These are the only thing about me that get me any work. So she commits
2: suicide. Yeah. Um. I guess breast implants were probably relatively new tech. Probably.
0: Yeah, because my, my sister had a double mastectomy, and she got
2: breast implants right away. Yeah, when uh, my mom had breast cancer, she, she got them too. Like, that's just part of the process, if you wish. You don't have to, of course, but.
0: Yeah, that my... doesn't
2: seem like that was an option in nineteen sixty six.
0: And my sister only let them go so high because she's like, you know, what? I just I don't want to deal with these anymore. Just we're calling it quits at this size.
2: Yeah, <laughs> was didn't she? Uh, wasn't she relatively well endowed, if I recall correctly? She was probably a little rough on the back. Yeah, and um, but we get
0: Jennifer suicide. She takes all the dolls. And we get flashbacks of her life, and we 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 don't get any funeral or anything really for her. No,
2: we get her being hauled out on a stretcher, and that's about it.
0: Yep. And then Anne gets out of rehab and is going to to go do her comeback on Broadway. And now her and Lion are fucking behind yeah, Anne's yeah. back, but Anne knows it.
2: I think that's because that's what Lion Lion does.
0: Yeah. And there's a press party for Helen Lawson, and it. Neely's like, I wanna go to this because fuck Helen Lawson. And everyone's like, No, no, Neely, you don't want to go to this. And she still goes anyway because she is ready to start some shit with Helen. And as
2: always. She just that's just who she's become at this point. And um and she's sober. Yeah, she's still sober at this point. She's just insane. it's just bitter. She angry.
0: She calls Helen Lawson a fag hag? rips off her wig and flushes it down the toilet?
1: Who are you hiding from, Helen? The notices couldn't have been that bad. The show just needs a little doctoring. Don't worry, sweetheart. If it flops, I can always get you a job as understudy for my grandmother. Thanks. I've already turned down the parts you're playing. Bull. Merrick's not that crazy. You should know, honey. You just came out of the nut house. It was not a nut house. Look, they drummed you right out of Hollywood. So you come crawling back to Broadway. Well, Broadway doesn't go for booze and dope. Now you get out of my way, because I've got a man waiting for me. That's a switch from the fags you're usually stuck with. At least I never married one. You take that back, you hands off me!
0: Oh, my God. It's hey, a give wig! Give me back my head! Her head me, head.
1: As as she is. me Hey, that. take me the red redhead! Hey, give me <laughs> that, damn you! What the hell are you doing in there? Giving it a shampoo. Goodbye, pussycat. Meow! God, she's throwing it in the can. I'll kill her! How do you like that? It won't even go down the john. Give me that wig!
0: Okay. You want it back? Here it comes. Special delivery. So long, Granny. I'll tell your boyfriend not to wait.
1: How do I get out of here? Well, you can go through the kitchen. It's right next door.
0: I'm sorry, Miss Lawson. What an awful
1: thing to do to a great star
0: like you. And this is the point where Helen is actually a respectable person now.
2: She's like... Yeah. I like the scene where she's like, uh, basically, she couldn't handle it. She's got talent, but she didn't have the ability to handle the bullshit.
0: Yeah. um, She says, Neely has no class. She's very talented, but no class. I feel sorry for her. Nothing can destroy her talent, but she will destroy herself. And um, after they rip her wig off, Helen's like, I'm gonna leave through the lobby. Through the party. I don't care if people see me, because Helen has her fucking dignity.
2: Yeah, I there's definitely is some respect for that. I'm like, she's gonna go out on our own terms? All right. Unlike Neely, who was fucking insane. Yeah, well, she couldn't handle the fame, ultimately. That's, that's kind of the difference between the two, right? Yeah, and at this point, Anne tries taking
0: dolls, and she just gets all high and wanders out into the ocean and passes
2: out, almost drowns. I think she had kind of intended to kill herself.
0: Yeah, that that,
2: didn't quite get all the way there. Yeah, and she decides, nope,
0: I ain't doing this no more. And she fucks off right back to New Hampshire to live with her aunt. She is done with this shit. Meanwhile, we get Neely getting ready for this Broadway show, and she's like, "Oh, that that younger girl with that musical number, I want her out." That she's become Helen. Yeah, Lion is like, "Oh, you're you're a crazy bitch. I'm I'm leaving. Goodbye." But
2: she fucks so good, I'm on top of it.
0: Yeah you crazy bitch so lion leaves and neely decides to compensate by taking a bunch of pills and booze she falls off the wagon fucking hard to where they they call to get her on the show and she's not even wearing the right costume
2: oh yeah (laughs) i'll just do the second act first and they're like no we're
0: gonna get the understudy and they they have to drag her out of the fucking theater And she just hangs out at the bar getting drunk and she's listening to all the the people leaving the show talking about, oh, the understudy was great. Oh, who cares about Neely? This new girl was great. Welcome to the entertainment industry. Yeah. So Neely just continues to get drunk and high and she goes to the theater and she's like, where the fuck is everybody?
2: And she just has. It's like two in the morning they're all gone yeah the bar closed and threw her out three in the morning whatever i don't know when new york bars
0: had last call but and so she tries to go into the theater and of course it's locked it's you know wee hours of the morning yeah it's definitely after hours and she just has this full fucking breakdown in the alley
2: Suddenly becomes a Tennessee Williams play out of the fucking alley here.
0: Yeah, she's like, the world loves me. I'm Neely Goddamn O'Hara. And she's just falling apart.
1: Hey! Where is everybody? Hey, everybody, where are you? Where are you? Everybody's gone.
0: The hell with them. Who needs them? The whole world loves me!
1: Where are you? (laughs)
0: Jennifer. <laughs>
2: That's the last we see of her. Yep, her fate left ambiguous. Probably not positive, though, if I had, <laughs> if I had to extrapolate based yeah. on what we've seen in the movie. They probably did not let her perform anymore in that show. No, and her career probably was over, and the drugs will probably take their toll. She ends unhappily. Yeah, not not a great ending for, uh, for Neely. No,
0: uh, Lion goes to propose to Anne, and she turns him down. Which is a big departure from the novel.
2: And, and it's the correct decision, because when has Lion in the entire movie shown the ability to be stable and faithful?
0: And so she remains independent. She's like, I'm happy on my own. I'm like, of course you're on your own. Everybody else is fucking dead. And Tony's married, dead. Neely's probably married, overdosed. Mary Tyler moored, mooring it through the fucking uh, woods there. And she even throws her fucking hat. <laughs> I know. And then Music by John Williams, nominated for an Academy Award for this film, too.
2: It's John Williams. I mean, every film John Williams scores could technically be nominated for Academy.
0: So this movie, because that's where the movie ends. Right. I'm going to start with the coffee, because if you gave me the first half of the movie, I would take the 9pm taco shop coffee. If it's the second half of the movie, I'll take the movie because it is so campy and trashy and over the top that I love the second half of this movie. But the first half is fucking garbage.
2: You know, if, if you look at it on paper and you kind of read the story and then you kind of look at it, cinematography and the score, like all of these individual component parts are actually pretty good. The acting is pretty good. Oh yeah, Patty Duke is terrific. But God, damn, is the pacing off in this movie. Yeah. Like, I'm literally sitting there. Like, I keep expecting the movie to end, like, every 15 minutes because of how this movie is paced. I'm like, there's really 45 minutes left in this movie? Where are they fucking going with this next? I feel like I've seen everything at this point. And it's just, I don't know. I It's competent, except for the pacing. Whoever whoever was in charge of pacing this film did a piss-poor job. Because it make- kind of just, Is it kind of, like... Flat lines until the middle, where it kind of just dives off a cliff. Yeah, but I think
0: that's what makes it fun, is because it's so boring for an hour, and then it becomes just a different
2: movie. It's funny, because it's like the complete opposite of of what we watched last week with... Uh, with event horizon where the first half of the movie is slow but it builds in such a way that it makes the ending make sense and exciting this one just does nothing and then suddenly oh shit what just happened
0: yeah there's no build-up there, there's no like aura that things are going to get you know
2: better It just exists the movie exists for an hour and then things happen
0: yeah it's a soap opera for an hour and then it turns into insanity and patty duke also is neatly i I, I said it before she's fucking fabulous in that role she is um that whole well she's got to be wonderful singing voice in the first half but in the second half she sells that crazy
2: drug-addled woman the cast is pretty good in general like even sharon tate yeah I'm getting sad, because I think Sharon Tate could have, could have done some other stuff, but, you know. Well, cultist. she was
0: just becoming Colt. a name at the time Colt of this movie. Is,
2: yeah, Colt is going to Colt, I guess.
0: Yep, but um, I do like the second half.
2: It's, it's worth it for the second half. <sighs> it was a bit too long for me. I think I'd take the coffee. I just couldn't. By the time, I was so drained by the end of the movie just because of the pacing. It's just like, I can't so it, it just ends up one of those movies that kind of to me ended up less than the sum of its parts um and sometimes pacing will do that to you like if you just fuck up the pacing i feel that way about the most recent star wars movie too uh the the last rise of skywalker whatever the fuck that what was the fuck oh the last
0: one? yeah rise of the skywalker i fell asleep in the theater
2: that movie was incredibly poorly paced i didn't hate it but again i think the biggest problem with that movie was its pacing so I mean, yeah, pacing will pacing will fuck up an otherwise good movie. So, and I think that's uh, I think that's what happened here. Incidentally, our bonus feature has better pacing. It does actually have better pacing. It's also completely batshit insane.
0: Yeah, because our bonus feature is Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which is like a parody of this movie. I guess. Um, I- I'll get yeah. into the background when we do the bonus episode. Yeah, it's um, it's um, it's
2: stick something. Around
0: yep so that was our episode on valley of the dolls uh i hope you enjoyed it make sure to subscribe to us on spotify apple wherever you listen to your podcasts and if you like what we do make sure to leave a review on apple podcasts let others know give us a rating on apple or spotify for more episodes Follow us on Twitter at Podcast Exploit or on Instagram at Exploit It Podcast or contact us at exploititpodcast at gmail.com. So, our bonus episode obviously, we mentioned Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. And next week is post apocalyptic.
2: I did forget to mention one thing. I This is a note that I made when I watched the movie. This is the movie Showgirls Wanted to be. Though. Yes, you told me that too. This is um, what
0: Showgirls Wanted to be. Sorry.
2: I, I should have brought that up earlier, but it is the movie showgirls wanted
0: and i think the problem showgirls had is it tried to have all that drama at the beginning too
2: yeah also a poorly paced movie
0: so. yeah um and i think the other problem was jennifer fucking uh the star <laughs> elizabeth berkeley elizabeth berkeley that's right Naomi. me <laughs> yeah but we will catch you on the bonus episode everybody different places never <laughs> forget
1: god